Starters Butters. This is Paulie from All Dogged Up. How you doing? Uh, you know, podcast night, Thursday night. Sweating my ass off. Captain Buzzword, are you here? Over. Are you alive? <laughs> I am. And, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy hot out there. But, look, we always have this uh, a week in July where it's really hot and maybe triple digits. Every year. Uh, what's yeah, the big deal? Every year. Because you don't work outside in it, you son of a bitch. That's why. <laughs> well. I, That's the. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was out there today. You know, uh, getting, you know, weekly washes done. And I'll tell you what, man, I had a bad, I had a really bad experience. My head was spinning. Stomach was sick as a dog. Uh, I was going down. You were, you were, your, your body couldn't regulate anymore. You had to get in. Nope. I'll tell you what, man, I was going down quick. Uh, uh, another uh, customer on the dock's like, Polly, you all right? And I'm like, no, I'm going down. And I'll tell you what, got off the boat, grabbed the hose, went right over my head, rinsed down, and I was like, that's it. I called it. I was like, put out the white flag. I was done for the day. I couldn't do anymore. Well, it's good you could recognize those uh, those symptoms because it's, it's uh, you know, in the news and everybody talks about it. But you know, sometimes you push yourself too far, and I'm glad you recognized what was going on and hit the hose. And I'll tell got, you what. Got cooled some, off. Sometimes you got to hit the hose. <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah, that was bad. It's it's bad. It was uh temperature was like 98 and it felt like 102 or 103 degrees or something. Was that, it was did, like, that, did that hose have potable water or potable water? Uh, I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you a potable water right up the side of your head. Boom. <laughs> oh, my God. It was hot. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. I'll tell you what. I'm starting at the butt crack of dawn just to get as much possible done. I mean, there are boats that I got to get detailed. Uh, one of the customers has got a, a Tidewater, but he's got a jet black hull. And I was like, boss, I cannot detail your boat in a hundred degree temperature. No. We're going to get, we're going to dive into that. Um, what do you got for captain's brief in there, Skip? So I, I want to talk about in general docking and, and a shout out to uh, Captain Boomies because I watched one of her YouTube's. Yeah, yeah, and she said, "She said, if there's one thing I can tell you about docking is go slow, and and it makes a lot of sense. So you know, you hear about hey, don't don't go any faster than you want. You know, you you uh, you want to be able you to can hit afford. <laughs> yeah, you can afford to hit something. Right, good point. That you can afford to pay for the damage. Right, and so you know, you you just and, and look docking and for our for our newer newer boaters." It is a stressful situation until you build confidence. There's no question about it. And then, believe me, even if you're seasoned and you're coming into a tiki bar with hundreds of people watching what you're doing, hey, you're on you're on stage, and it's it's stressful. There's no I question about it. I believe that the majority of people, novice boaters, or are boaters of all walks of life, when they're backing into a slip. You know, listen, I can take my boat, park it between a crack of your ass and a dock, and you won't even know that I'm there. But when you got a full show of people, you're under the, that's when you make mistakes. If you're not good under pressure, because nobody wants to look like a fool, you know? No, no. And that's why what, what I'm saying is it, it go slow. And here's the other thing, uh, a caution our new boaters and even seasoned anybody. I, I do it on occasion. If, if it's a little bit breezy and you're coming in and you don't like your angle, Go out and try it again. Yeah. Don't try to, you know, like, oh, wow, I'm in trouble. Then, you know, this is not going to work. Just 
just back it out and try it again. Right. No Go on a new approach. There is nothing. First of all, it normally tends out to be a lot less expensive when you go ahead and pull yourself back out and make, you know, make another attempt. That's number one. Okay. You, you get your bearings, collect yourself. You go for round two. There's no shame in it. A lot of boaters don't do it. And I think that they should go ahead, you know, and, and take a second attempt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and look, if, uh, you know, I always like, Hey, if there's, you know, it used to be like, Oh man, there's a bunch of people coming over to help. They, they must think that I don't know what I'm doing. I've lost that a long time ago. Cool. More hands. I love it. And, I'm tight. Yeah, well, and, and you, you got to be careful when you get into larger boats. Like if you're in a little, you know, bass boat, which I used to have or a fishing ski or, you know, um, it's, you know, you approach the dock and if you're coming out of shape, you can put your arm out against the piling and move the boat a little bit, get into a larger boat. You better keep your limbs inside because you're going to hurt yourself. So you've got to be able to control the vessel. That's why when people come down and they've got lines, uh, and they're and they're ready to help. Fantastic, more the merrier. And one more thing is to make sure that your crew is ready when you're coming into dock. Give them instructions on what you want them to do. Maybe you're coming into a pole dock and you got to put some some bow lines out. Um, have them standing by. Have them ready. Uh, and, and 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 so you know you give yourself more confidence at the helm when you've got your crew on the corners uh, getting ready to assist. So. Anyway, docking, stressful situation, no no shame in practicing. Hey, when I first got my boat, the, the 280 with the twin screws, never drove them before. I'd go out uh, in the middle of the bay and find a find a fixed uh, day marker or something and, and learn the characteristics of the boat and, and move around uh, and understand which way it's going and, and where the you know, where it pivots. Um, so I suggest that folks do that if they've got, if they've got a new vessel. So okay. go down on a Wednesday when there's nobody at the Marina, ask one of your trusted friends that is, you know, uh, is an experienced seasoned veteran boater. And don't be shy to ask for help. Go in and out of the slip, in and out of the slip, in and out of the slip, and just do it over and over, especially when there's no eyes. It's always better. Yeah. Good call. That's a great call. All right, so what's what's your detailers briefing there, Paolo? Well, I'll tell you what. I, w- I was working in the yard, and I was working on a boat, and there was a customer. He was like two, three boats down. And I'm watching him try to take, you know, the final product, his insulator wax, his polymer finish, and he's struggling to get it off the boat. And I walk over, and I'm like, boss, you look like you're struggling a little bit. So I just generally assumed that he let the product completely haze, and that's why he was struggling. And I'm like, yo, bub. So I grab my microfiber towel, I four-by-four it, and I wipe it right off. And the guy looks at me like, what did you do that I didn't do? And what I was said, he using, a handy wipe or a paper no, towel? What the hell? he was using. So my microfiber towels are about six bucks a piece, okay? What? They... And, and let me explain to you why. When I grabbed his microfiber, it was so lightweight and it was woven so far apart. The amount of stitches of microfiber <laughs> per towel, you could see how lightweight and cheap it was. Uh. So the more money that you spend on a microfiber towel, that it, it, even if it's a little bit larger. So I use, you know, uh, six by 10 microfiber towels. I fold them into a four by four. So I can always flip it and flip it and always have a clean surface when I'm wiping, you know, a boat down. But each microfiber towel, based off the money that you spend, 
whether they have that much more of a microfiber woven into it. It's just a microfiber that's a lot heavier in weight. It's got a lot more microfiber material, you know, sewed all together. It's got a lot more woven weaves to it and it's substantially thicker. So when you're wiping down gel coat, it grips better and it actually pulls more product off the boat with less aggravation. Well, so, I, I, I got a fact check because you said you, yours six by 10. It's much bigger than that, right? That's that's smaller than a piece of paper, printed paper. I think maybe you made maybe 16 by 16 or uh, just check your measurements. I have, I have all different sizes of microfibers. I have microfibers, Buzzy, that are two by two by or three by three. I mean, I, I have every different micro, uh, microfiber size under the sun. But generally speaking, the less money like you've seen a pack of 30 of microfiber towels at your local BJ's and Costco's. You pull them out and they're like paper. They're just so, so thin. Um, so when you're, you know, working on your boat, another thing too, uh, you know, every boat should have a lot of, you know, a nice big wad of microfibers on board. You can use them for any type of cleanup under the sun, uh, cleaning your eyes and glass, even wiping down your windshield, even general water, wiping down general water. I mean, after you chamois it, just use a clean microfiber and, and there's no water spots. Yeah, they do. They do dry quickly. They do absorb a lot. They're easy to wring out and they dry very quick. Yeah, they're wonderful to have. So, um, you know, I've seen people in marinas that are using cut T-shirts and just any type of textile piece of material to try and wipe off wax. And you struggle. You work that much harder to try to get it off the boat versus actually buying a nice, heavy woven, thick woven, heavy weight you know, microfiber towel that really bites and grabs good, so. Nice, nice. But I'll tell you what, Buzzy, one thing I wanted to dive into, I wanted to chat about, you know, when I was at the Miami show, and I think that a lot of boaters should definitely consider uh, a boat monitoring system. And, they're, they're, they're the greatest system under the sun. I, I absolutely love them. So, you know, with technology being as awesome as it is today, they have so many different monitoring systems for your boat. And when I say monitoring system, they, you know, uh, the system is, uh, you know, aftermarket having to be installed on board. You can, uh, you know, uh, outfit it, whether you have uh, wireless monitors, little sensors, or you hardwire them, they always have to go to a 12-volt or a 20-volt, you know, a 24-volt system. They have to be hardwired in. But what's great about it, let's say you're at the office or you're at your home, you're in PA, your boat's in Jersey, and you have a high water alarm set, you know, go off. Sends that signal to your phone, to the app of the system that you have purchased, and there are many of them that are out there, to give you notification that there is a problem on your boat. Um, and it manages everything from high water to connectivity from your shore power uh, cord on the boat uh, to the battery voltage on board. Uh, and, and they are very, very nifty systems. Uh, a lot of the systems, they're, uh, you know, I've seen them for $14, $15 to $25 a month. Um, and I think it's a worthwhile, you know, uh, amount of money to spend. And, you know, people are like, well, how do you get the notifications and how do you hook them up? Well, there's a couple of different ways. The system itself, if you're in a modernized marina, 
that has a uh, an open Wi-Fi or you know a Wi-Fi that you have access to, you can directly hook it up to your Wi-Fi at the marina, and it'll directly send those communications directly to your cell phone, your tablet, uh, just through the app of the system that you purchased, the company that you purchased them through. Um, I, I think they're great. Um, uh, there's so yeah, they, many. They, they do. They do. Uh, uh, monitor the bilge pump. They monitor. Um, battery and voltage. They monitor all kinds of different systems on board, right? I mean, especially the newer, more modern boats, you know, with all the technology built into them are, you know, a lot of them are, have them proprietary. Um, They monitor everything. You can even have it, you know, turn on the air conditioning on board. You can turn systems on board. Now, yes, that is for a lot of your newer models that have, those systems, you know, full uh, uh, control panel. I'm sorry, I can't remember the verbiage to it, but uh, it's got a full system on board. Hatteras uses it. A lot of the high-end boats use it where the entire boat is controlled by one single computer screen on board. But even the older boats, I mean, the older boats, you can hard, you can either hardwire it, you can use wireless, uh, you know, the wireless sensors as well. Uh, installation is not crazy. Cameras is another thing. You can monitor cameras on board to get direct feeds right to your cell phone or your tablet cool. or your laptop. Um, yeah, some do a, a theft deterrence as well, right? I they, mean, it, it, it's like a GPS tracking device almost if you install one of these. That is correct too. You can, if somebody takes your boat, you know, there's an active GPS. Um, on my boat, I do have, you know, I carry a, a Wi-Fi, a little hotspot. You know what I mean? Some of the, you know, some uh, people have direct internet connections on their boats. They spend a little bit more money. It's a cellular signal. It's a monthly charge. You know, it, it, you know, it adds up a little bit. But I think the overall, for the protection that you get, I mean, let's say you're sitting in the office and your boat's taken on water. You're able to call the marina to say, hey, guys, I'm in, you know, on a dock in slip 17. Boat's taken on water. Can you please send somebody down to the boat? And and get that boat yanked out of the water because I just got high water alarms. So I think I, I think we need one of these companies to do a podcast with us and then sponsor a monitoring system on my boat. You know, I can help them on out your with boat. That. Get out of here. They're sponsored. They're putting a system on my boat. You're out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Oh my god. You don't have Wi-Fi where you keep your boat, so you know it's not gonna work. Yeah, but I got my hotspot. Yeah, I don't keep the hotspot on there all the time. So <laughs> Yeah, there is. Uh, it is very, very cool what you're able to do. Um, even do it yourself first to be able to hook this up. The one thing that it does say that the actual hub, when you're using wireless sensors, that you can't be any more than 30 feet away from that actual hub. So if you have a large scale boat, a 50 footer, 60 footer, that you will have to have a couple of hubs, multiple hubs to be placed on board for those system or for those sensors to be able to dispatch information to, to be able to send to you. But um, uh, I I think it's an awesome, awesome. I mean, what a piece of insurance. I wonder that if insurance companies actually give you some type of break on your insurance for having a system like this on board. I'm curious about that. Makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, I, I would... If they don't, they should, and so maybe we're cutting some cut some cloth here uh, on that. Yeah, I think you're right because if you've if you've got all that additional technology and the ability to monitor those systems remotely, um, 
Yeah, why wouldn't they? I would think so. I think any time, uh, you know, that you can keep an eye, if you're an insurance company and you have close eye on your boat, even though that you're not on board, um, you know, I, I think it's great. And what's awesome about these systems is you can kind of pick from like an a la carte menu for the capability to mm-hmm. tailor to the system of your vessel, right. whatever that you particularly want to know. You know, I want to know whether my boat's taken on water and what my 12-volt system or my 20-volt, uh, 24-volt house bank system is at. And that's it. Like, that's, that's all I need to know. Or, you if know? You're, or if you want to monitor shore power, if you've had some challenges with the with the shore power hookup, perhaps. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Buzzy, I mean, uh, the last marina that I was at on the Delaware had a poor shore power connection, and they arc. You know, if you have a twin 30-amp plug that goes into the side of the boat or a single 50 and if that's not completely tight and locked in, and let's say the boat's rocking along, you know, there's high winds and it works its way out, that plug, that 30 amp shore power plug is getting hot, arcing. And these systems monitor the actual lecture, the electrical connection from the dock to the boat. Yeah, I think that, that is awesome. Yeah, that would be great because the voltage regulator, they see, they see that something's not right. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, some systems enable a video feed from onboard cameras, and some do not. Not all the manufacturer systems allow device control, you know, such as, you know, turning on and off like the air conditioner or lighting. Um, oh, maybe you could tie it into a PA speaker, and if you see anybody on your boat, you can you can tell them to get Be like, yo, Meepo, get off my boat! <laughs> you ain't paying rent? Get out! Oh or, my God! I would you know, mess with the people on the docks so bad. If you left, <laughs> oh a, my God! If you left a hoagie for your detailer and you weren't there, you could tell them, "Hey, there's a hoagie in the fridge for you." There's a hoagie in a and there's a hoagie in a Bud Light in the fridge. Have at it, there, buddy. <laughs> oh my God! I'll tell you what. I noticed <laughs> that when they first came out with these systems, they were you know using uh, uh, old Bluetooth technology. The technology has gotten so much better. The GPS tracking, I think that's pretty cool that you can keep an eye on the boat. You know, uh, I know we talked about this a long time ago, and, you know, I don't know if we ever came back to it. When you you, you said the word Bluetooth, you reminded me of the Gobius Pro. Ah, here we go with the Gobius on the pooper. And it works awesome. So now what I did have to do, I I had it too high, right? By the time it gave me a signal... You know, I had a few flushes left. It was too high. So I moved it down about two-thirds up the tank. And I, you know, I take my phone and I, take, I get an extra reading. Oh, I'm green. Good to go. And then when I hit red, I'm, I've got, you know, I've got uh, a few, you know, bunch more flushes. But I know, hey, it's time. But gives me peace of mind. So, yeah. yeah you nice said, peace of you mind. Said, you said Bluetooth, and it reminded me of the Gobius, and it works really well. I'll tell you what, that ticker tape in the old noggin of your head took a little bit of while to take, you know, kick it up to that one. Holy shit. Wow. (laughs) Talk about the ticker tape. All right, well, let's. Let's jump. I'm going to jump into another topic in here, and it's uh, it's it's anchoring. We talked about um, you know letting out road and being you know ready for anchor, but this is this is a little different. This is this is anchoring uh, in a channel, or uh, or in, in our case, uh, you know the CND canal, or even the shipping channel, or a channel. Period. It doesn't have to be a, a commercial shipping channel. 
if you happen to drop anchor in a channel, um, you're prepare, to, prepare to be boarded. <laughs> and, <laughs> that that's 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 true, but um, you're you're inviting uh, a boarding. Now, look if you're if you're in a in a drifting situation and your boat's incapacitated, yeah, drop right. But if you're inside the channel and you happen to be anchoring because you think it's cool, be prepared to be boarded. You will they will they will board you. Uh, all types of law enforcement because you you shouldn't be in the way like that. And speaking of boarding, um, understand that the Coast Guard and, and other federal and state and local law enforcement officials ha- have the right or the ability to board your vessel for a safety inspection. Without cause. Correct. Without that is correct. cause. Maritime law is not the same as being law on the land. That's right. That's right. So if they... They uh, light you up with the blue lights and uh, and you heed and they say, uh, they don't even have, have to ask. It could be more like, you know, we're going to board you. We want to do a safety inspection. You can't don't say no. Don't. They're coming on board. And the thing, and I read a statistic that um, 50% of those boardings come up with some type of safety deficiency on the boat. I'm sure right? they do. And and so, so that leads me back to, hey, Get an opportunity to get your uh, your safety inspection from the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and you will pass those boardings with flying colors. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have been boarded by the Coast Guard, and they did do a safety check, and they checked some things out, and uh, everything was fine, and we weren't doing anything wrong, other than the boat was, I had put someone at the helm, and I had gone downstairs for a moment, and I came back, and I said, whoa, where are you going, dude? And they saw us do a little zigzag. Okay, well, they and they they, they pulled us over and and did a safety inspection. But um, uh, again, if they have, they the wanted right to see to board, if you were drinking and boating. Uh, they saw exactly. you doing a little swerving, and they thought there was alcohol. Whoever as was a, skippering the boat was was a little under the influence of alcohol. That's as a matter of fact, sounds like yeah. The Coast Guard our officer said, uh, you know, Captain, can I talk you down in your in your in your saloon? Uh, sure. Right. Can I? He goes, can I? Ch- I want to check your head. Okay, come on down. And he goes, look, um, you guys are fine. This is a this is really a routine, you know, stop for for alcohol consumption. You guys are fine. I said, yeah, I, I, I you know, I appreciate what you guys do, and you know, it was a it was a it was a it was a good uh, good experience. Um, and again, they get a safety inspection, and we passed because we had everything that we needed. But point well, is, that's another portion of the next segment, Buzzy. I'm about ready to jump into that's going to tie into cat to cocktails. Well. Yeah, let me let me let me do one more thing. So, um, uh, and it's called a Marpole sticker. M A R P O L. Marpole. And the acronym is just short for Marine Pollution. M A R P O L. Marpole. Marine Pollution. And if you have a boat that's over twenty six feet, you are required to have this sticker displayed in a conspicuous spot. So that you and your guests on board understand, um, you know, really that you can't throw anything in. You can't throw garbage overboard, right? And so the rule of thumb essentially is never throw anything into the water that didn't come out of it. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, if, if 
Paulo's Paulie swimming and he comes up into the into the um, on a swim platform, we throw him back in. Right. That's different. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to toss him overboard. It happens. It doesn't make you a bad guy. You know what I mean? That's that. And it's not the first time that's happened to me. But anyway, God. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing is you need an oil discharge sticker uh, if you're over 26 feet. And and these uh, most boats come with them. Uh, but it's part of the safety inspection if you happen to get one. But if you don't have one, make sure you do in a conspicuous location. Oil discharge and MARPOL, Marine Pollution Stickers. Very important for boats over 26 feet. And again, the rule of thumb is, you know, don't throw it into water if it didn't come out of the water. Let's no, not, let's not how many times, Fuzzy, have we been out on the hook for a Labor Day weekend, a, a, a holiday weekend, somebody was making orange crushes and then tossing the uh, orange rinds in the water? That is a no Remember that one time we were at Jelly's? Oh, my God. When we, yes. were at, we, were at, we were on Farley Creek at Great Oak Landing, at Jellyfish Joel's, and there were oranges floating everywhere. Buzzy, you had a heart attack. Uh, it didn't come out of the water. That's a great point, Paolo, because people think, wow, it's it's natural and it's biodegradable and this and that. It didn't come out of the water of the Chesapeake Bay. We're not in an orange grove, for crying out loud. Don't throw <laughs> that crap in the water, in the trash can. We're not growing it. cranberries here, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's a great call out because, yeah, some folks think vegetables. Oh, my God. Guys, we were out that day, and Buzzy, Captain Buzz, was flipping out. I thought you were going to have a full-fledged meltdown. Well, we're we're going swimming, and you're banging into orange halves of an orange that have been squeezed to death. Come on. It's crazy. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, don't be throwing nothing in the water. You You know, put it in a trash bag. Stow it away in one of your, you know, stowage compartments on board <laughs> and don't be a momo. But uh, you know what? In 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 relation to that, I'm gonna lead with or segue into, you know, it's it's extremely warm. How many boaters are out there? Like you go out, you drop anchor, you're there for the weekend, you're gonna have some cocktails, okay? It's uh it's Miller time, baby. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, we all do it. If you're safely anchored out and you're not going anywhere, you should not be boating and driving. But I don't think a lot of people realize that in these hot, hot days, you know, from the middle of July to the middle of August to the end of August, you know, uh, it's it's, it's a dog days of summer. Yeah, yeah it, it, the ungodly days, uh, uh, you know, uh, of the heat, and a lot of people go out and about. And, you know, oh, I could hold my liquor. And I'm like, yo, buddy, I'm like, just re- I want you to understand this. When you're out there and you are sun exposed for, you know, a substantial period of time, um, you are that much more exposed to get hammered when you're out there in, you know, the sun. So if you're a guy who can, you know, pound down a six pack and be completely fine versus being out in the open sun. Uh, being out in the heat, it magnifies the effects of the alcohol so much more. And, um, you know, uh, another thing that I was reading, and I, and I just learned about this, that when you're, you know, you're out there on the hook, you're having a great time, you're half in the bag, you you actually get sunburned that much faster. And I never knew this, that when you drink oh. alcohol... It can increase oh, okay. your skin sensitivity and vulnerability to the sunlight. 
How about that? Even yeah. well, and obviously you put sunscreen on, but yeah, you'd have to probably reapply more, and or uh, uh, if you, if you're one of those people who don't wear that, um, yeah, you're right. With with alcohol in your bloodstream, it, it the you don't have as much protection against the, the sun. That's interesting. There was this big. Uh, there was a German study that was done that I was reading about, and a couple other different countries did it as well. That after you had consumed three alcoholic beverages with the amount of UV light, you know, needed that you were more susceptible that the skin would significantly burn faster, that you would get a sunburn that much faster versus somebody who was just out there who drank nothing, uh, who consumed no alcohol and water only that actually did not burn nearly as quick. I was like, well, I'll be a son bitch. <laughs> you learn something new every single day. I, See, I'll tell you and, what. And that's what we try to try to help our, our boating audience is to learn something new every day. Um, well, I'll but- tell you what. I'm an Italian. I got olive oil running through the veins, baby. I got the golden brown going every day. Yeah, well, the, the one day when you got sunburned and, and, and your ears were transparent, I was like, what the hell? What's going on? You can see through your ears. Whoa, dude. Put some sunscreen on. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what. I, I remember Jeff was saying something about that. He's like, uh, Paulie, we can see through your ears. And I don't believe that that's normal. Um, so thank God I have never, you know, and that's another thing too. Guys, if you're heavy boaters, you're out there in the sun. You better be hitting a dermatologist once a year because I'll tell you what, man, you don't want to come down with, uh, you know, melanoma or skin cancer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah you're he, right. That's a niche. That's a no good. <laughs> no good at all. Uh, another thing that is a lot of boaters that go out and about, they get intoxicated. They're having themselves a good time. They end up slipping off the swim platform, falling into water, <laughs> even though that they're in a short, they're in a, uh, you know, they're not in a very deep section of the water or they're only in four or five feet. They completely lose their awareness, like where they are because they're intoxicated. And then people end up drowning in very shallow, you know, shallow bodies of water. Got to help, got to help your fellow boaters when you see something like that. Another rule of thumb, you know, Buzzy, I'll never forget it. One time, me and you, we were at the dock. We went up to dinner. We had a great dinner, and you pulled one of your moves that you had to go to the bathroom because you had a li- you were a little overserved, and you walked yourself back to the boat. And then yeah, your let's... wife chewed me a new one. Oh my god, I'll never forget it. My goodness, she was angry with me, and I tried. I'm like, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Somebody wait. slipped me a Mickey. I mean, what in the hell? I said, I, hey, I've got to get, uh, I got to get horizontal. Right you had now. to get horizontal, and that's another rule of thumb, guys. You're at a <laughs> marina, you're at a dock bar. If somebody is leaving the party early, somebody walk them back to the boat. All it takes is one slip and fall off the dock, crack their head, sink to the bottom. Rule of thumb: If you're all together, if you came on one boat, there's six of you. Someone's going to lay back down in the air conditioning in the cabin. Welcome back to the boat for crying out loud. Somebody take that responsibility. Take, take care. Yeah, take care of your crew. All right. Well, Paolo, we're we're at the end, dude. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna holy I'm gonna moly right thirty one. Look at that. And just say that uh, this is this is Captain Buzz uh, saying thank you to everyone standing by on six eight. 
This is Paulie from All Docked Up. Standing by on 6-8, everybody. Have a great night. Good, safe weekend.